listening to the Cobras and Fire podcast, part of the Decibel Geek Podcast Network, featuring special guests from the band Wilson, lead singer Chad Nicefield. Chad Nicefield, uh, or Chad Nicefield, sorry, I kind of stumbled there. Uh, Chad, uh, welcome back to the program. Hey, man, this is our fourth time talking, you just told me, and I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm four times the excited yeah. than, I've ever, than I've ever been. You know, you, you? you and Michael Sweet are the only four-time guests. Michael Sweet? Wow. Mm-hmm. I from Striper. So, <laughs> I'm stoked. Do you say, like, from Striper, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, what's up, dude? I, I, I'm tied with you, Stripes. Yeah, all right on. Um, well, of course, we're going to address the elephant in the room regarding like the the, the major uh, announcement coming from Wilson and all the stuff that's happening. But uh, let's catch up a little bit. It's been about a year and a half since we spoke. How you doing? I'm great, man. I'm um, I'm so great. It's so cold here in in Michigan, but other than that, I am great. Yeah, sorry. How are you? I, I'm doing well too. I, I have a little bitch about the cold here in Minnesota as well. Oh yeah, Minnesota, you have worse. Never mind. I'll shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I, maybe not today, but overall, yeah, uh, it was it was it was nice earlier, but the wind kicked up, and I, the drive home was just kind of I don't know, got me brutal. Yeah, Jeez. so sorry. Uh, well, um, the last time we talked, the the it was just before Tasty Nasty came out, but. Um, yeah. And I went back and listened to the interview today. I'm just trying to say this verbatim for the most part. I don't think I'm going to get it exactly right. But after that, you had mentioned during our, our our talk that you after the Right to Rise uh, record, you you kind of had a come to Jesus moment of sorts for yourself, if I'm not misrepresenting that. And you needed to almost took like a, a little bit of a, a personal sabbatical, and that kind of had a little bit of a delay uh, as far as downtime for the band. Um, when I went back and listened to the interview today, it, it, something hit me that I don't think I realized when we were first talking, but you really came across as a guy that really just wanted to be more than just a metal guy, if that makes sense. And I, and I mean that in a broad sense, not just yeah. music. You know, you came across as someone who really wanted more. Yeah, you know, uh, that's an interesting uh, uh, revelation that you had, uh, because, yes, that's the exact answer. And it's uh, not necessarily, you know, it's... Uh, I th- my easiest way I can describe the elephant in the room and the record and, and what we my sabbatical and all of that stuff is that I think that everybody strives to um, tell the world that they're more than just this thing um, mm-hmm. and 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 that was our this is our that was our record to do so is like coming outside in our birthday suit you know like he, we all love so many we don't have to be pigeonholed to something and on top of that, what's the point of artistry if you're just 
creating to maintain uh, what somebody else is hopefully waiting to hear uh, from you. I mean, that doesn't seem like you're really subscribed to that artist at all. If you, if or are you just subscribed to the idea of what a specific type of art is, and you don't want to look outside of that? I'm, I, I get it. Like you know, there's the idea of a. a you know, a cereal having a one specific type of, like, honey nut oats. I mean, like, Cheerios and then honey nut oats. <laughs> I like honey nut oats uh, better than Cheerios, but Cheerios essentially is the same thing, and they're just different versions of e- each other, and what makes, I guess, what makes the cereal world <laughs> kind of work and, and have, uh, you know, have legs for a much longer period of time. The, the idea that you don't have to just be Cheerios every single day. You can put a little honey nut on top of that. And it's still Cheerios, and you still love it. Uh, you still go back to your regular Cheerios and put your bananas in it or whatever it may or may not be when it, when the time comes. But sometimes it's good to step outside of that box of Cheerios and taste a fucking honey nut, you know? And uh, if that makes any sense, long-winded way to say, yeah, I think it's important that everybody out there is uh, true to themselves and not sitting inside of a room wishing that they didn't have to pretend to be something that they ultimately as just a version of a small version of themselves you know i don't know if that makes any sense but I felt trapped yeah and and well it definitely can. I, i'm surprised that you know a lot of times when i'm doing the interviews you just kind of get caught up in the conversation and, and and try to make sure that you keep things moving slow um but yeah. but you know there's some time has passed and like i said listen to it almost with, with virgin ears today uh, I was like, wow, he really was kind of like really trying to get the, the something there. But I, I have no issue with that, even if I don't like it. You know what I mean? I, I think yeah, I, yeah. I think we all, I don't know, especially in music, you know, some people get really attached to a band. And that's great. You know, that that's what, what keeps everything moving. But sometimes you have to realize that it's just okay that, that they did something you didn't like. You know, I mean, you can be a Metallica fan and, and hate Lulu. Or or whatever you know record you know what I mean it doesn't it, it it's not a crime to try something different you know because I was taken aback I don't know if you recall but at the at the, the drastic shift in direction you guys took there but yeah, I um, think a lot of people were and I, you know that was something that uh, we were uh, absolutely ready to embrace at the time you know uh, because we were taken aback by these this you know the the what we had essentially uh, become you know. Uh, because when we were you're behind the like I said you're behind the closed doors of your own home, your friends or whatever it is, and there's a lot of different things that are happening there than, <laughs> than what you show when you when you put your clothes on and go out into the world. You know? Of course, um, yeah. And James was double doing double duty with Crowbot uh, while during that kind of downtime for Wilson. You guys, uh, I know you did you did a tour with them, if I recall, on the Right to Rise record. Do you have a relationship with them? Yeah, we did a couple of tours with them. We did a, one of the longest, not longest, but one of the funnest, craziest, I should say longest, because we were just partying so hard the whole entire time. It felt like it was like, oh, this is so long. But uh, the one of the one of the funnest, craziest tours we ever did was with uh, Crowbot and Wilson doing a co-headliner with our friends in the Mothership opening. And uh, it was called uh, Drunk, The Drunkest Shit Tour. And before that, we had been <laughs> basically, we were the band, we were these two bands that didn't really know about each other until we got into a cruise ship with each other. But even before the cruise ship, the industry was telling us things about them, and they were telling them things about us basically like dude these dudes are just like you dudes you know <laughs> as far as personality we're like whoa we're, we're the best friends yeah and uh you know then we did that tour together and became even closer and um after the tour we ended up doing another tour with them supporting um 
seven dust so it was seven dust them and us and during as that tour kind of like came up and approach was approaching uh their bass player jake at the time he got really sick and couldn't do the tour so we stepped in as a uh, members in our band not just james but even jason and sometimes kyle throughout the course of that tour and played bass every night you know they took different songs at first they just took like three songs each or something like that so you know everybody had just a little bit of stuff that needed to learn last minute to get out there and play with them and then it was just a fun revolving cast of our band filling in for them that stuck a little bit further uh, with james when james when Wilson was on our downtime, when we were going through a lot of industry bullshit and, uh, uh, you know, whatnot, uh, James loves playing the bass. He's an incredible bassist, and uh, his favorite thing in the fucking world is playing the bass. So it was really, it really hurt him, <laughs> like, inside, internally, that he wasn't able to do the thing that he loved and, uh, while we were in the middle of all of this other bullshit. So the guys in Crowbot still looking for a place, a bassist, because they had a full touring schedule ahead of them still uh had asked if you know they even called me me personally and were like hey man we just want to make sure before we even ask that you're going to be cool with this mm. and i was like dude th- yeah i thank you so so much for even asking because that's a huge that's a huge thing to do is then ask another member of a, of a you know, the other members of a band mm-hmm. if they're okay with them you know asking the other member to play bass you know or something you know as 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 silly as it sounds i mean there's a lot of animosity that can be built up when your brother, it's like a relationship, you know, your girlfriend's out there, you know, fucking other dudes or whatever, and you know it. Oh my God, that's weird. It's like, um, yeah, I'm cool with it as long as the guy asks me first. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, you can cuck me. And just make sure you ask me. So, uh, uh, yeah, that, yeah, and James went out and did that with them for a while, and then Wilson picked back up, and it became a situation where it was always, you know, with Crowbot, I, James always told them the truth, like, hey, man, I love you guys, and, and I'm here for you, and I would love to be a part of your band. They officially made him officially a part of the band just because they didn't know, because, just because of the love being, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of their business, but like the love being is so so strong there between our bands that they didn't want James to feel like he was getting used and abused as just this guy, you know, that's sure. filling in. So, and because it was a long time, it was like a year and a half. Yeah. And um, when we picked back up, you know, the guys knew and Crowbot knew, like, okay, well, James is going back to his full time gig now, um, and we need to find a bass player because we're doing our thing. And they found a, another guy, and everything's cool. I mean, that was a long winded story, but. It's, it's very rare that you find those sort of connections uh, that go just as deep as that with like other bands you know that are doing the same thing and a lot of people look at those that this sort of world is like some sort of competition when you're a growing budding artist you know like every opportunity there's only so many opportunities out there and every opportunity you're vying for so you want your band to get those opportunities and here's this other band taking it or something you yeah. know uh, there's not the camaraderie that says man if you grow we grow if we grow you grow you know and that's the way that we look at all of our relationships in this industry i know that firsthand from my time trying to to do what you do but uh it's it's, it really is kind of sad you know the the competitiveness of it because it really does help people when somebody else is successful but um, yeah, it, it puts a light on something that, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, everybody wishes that, someone, that, that the successful one was them, but yeah. that light that's getting shine, it's getting shine on everybody now. If you roll tight, it, you roll tight with everybody, you know, and it, you know, the world does what it does. And your Don't chances of being successful are better if you stay connected and positive, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just, I mean, you know, it's a gift, man. This whole thing is a gift. Like, this whole thing is, it can be taken so far out of context of what it really is. I mean, artistry in general and the idea of, uh, you know, uh, monetizing it and all of the 
the different things that the music industry and the film industry and all of this shit has become. It's, it's, it's crazy, but it's yeah. a gift. And when you think about how we've been able, our little band, been able to connect to people all over the world in such a strange, magical way. And really, it's not just about our band. It's not about just us. It's about the whole blanket that is music. We're all connected by that thread. And uh, it, when you start to burn the thread, it, you know, it, you start to the fucking shit unravels. Huh. <laughs> There's no sense in like doing it for the greater good of what other people are experiencing and feeling out there. Just right do, do it for yourself, right? Because that's ultimately what you're doing. And if you're doing it for yourself and you're not doing it in a, in a destructive manner, fuck, somebody's going to pay attention to that. And it, that's at that point, then it's your responsibility to hold the torch high, pass it on, whatever you need to do to keep that feeling alive in humanity. So. Right on. That's uh, we got really deep there for a second. Uh, Sorry, I, well, well said. <laughs> no, I, the, that's what that's. Every, it's all good, man. Is all I'm getting at. Uh, you did touch on a couple things that I <laughs> really wanted to get into. Now, last time we talked, we you you really weren't willing to get into specifics on the industry bullshit you uh, went there. Any chance you you're more open to exposing some of that stuff, or he's yeah, man? It's it's just one of those things where, if I can be completely honest with you, um, you know. When you're deep into it, and then there's paperwork and contracts and lawyers and all these other things that are a part of it, it's never good to uh, break any of those terms uh, because it can result in other human beings, not just yourself, uh, but everybody else is connected to you being punished because of it. Um, and so that's why there's so many unspoken things that happen in the industry. Okay. Uh, that you guys, people don't know of what's going on. It's not just as easy as being like, man, this motherfucker fucks me or something. You know, <laughs> it, it goes so deep to where, you know, one person's relationship that gets tarnished could tarnish another person's relationship. With that being said, we had, we had been in the hands of a guiding light at one point that we felt had, had manipulated and guided us the wrong way. And, in a, situ- in, in a situation where we needed to feel better than we were feeling, we chose to, to believe in ourselves and to do it the way that we felt would benefit what we're doing as a whole for everybody involved. So as we moved away from that guiding light, that guiding light decided to turn into a flame. Does that make sense? Sort of. I mean, I can read between the lines a little bit there. I mean, yeah. obviously, you're not naming names or anything like that. Sure. But, uh, yeah. It's, it's an often. It's an. It's an all too often demon inside of this. Yeah. You know, fucking music industry. It's bullshit. You know. Well, well one so. one thing I, I I share sometimes on our on our show is that like. It's really typically with a lot of things that that are negative with being in a band. It's really not that interesting. Also, it's very mundane, run of the mill shit that everybody deals with. It's it's not this guy stole my car and then he fucked my girlfriend. It's it's typically like you know we never really liked each other and you know, it's, yeah, it's yeah. like that guy I mean, at work you don't talk like to. You know, <laughs> sometimes the the uh, the former of what you said exists, and that's uh, that those are the juicy details that you want to hear about. Yeah. Like, you know, a fucking a documentary or something like that. But uh, fortunately slash unfortunately for Wilson, ours has been more or less uh, like, you know, the industry just being the industry. Okay. And, uh, you know, that, that's that? shit. Well, on a lighter note, one thing you talked about was being on the cruises. How many cruises have you guys done? Fuck. As a band? Yeah. 
I uh, think we've played on is it one, two. You can ballpark it if you want. <laughs> four or five. Four okay. or five is a band. I've all, I've done uh, uh, a cruise, two cruises separately from the band, like as like a stowaway, you know, and okay. something like that as a part of another thing. And then actually doing another one um, this February as a DJ. You like it? Lo- I mean, I love it. It's crazy on there. I mean, it's a situation where like you <laughs> are around for five days or whatever. You, the biggest music fans in the world they love everything that's happening it's a huge the energy is just absolutely insane and it's absolutely infectious it can, it can really our band is our band because of that ship because of one of those ships you know like uh, we we were nobody we were trying to fight for somebody to pay attention to us and that ship the director the person who takes you know kind of curates the whole ship found our band and said book the, these guys we got a call and well actually i saw the ship uh was a thing i hit up our agent and i said hey you think we can get on this ship because i saw he had another client on there he says i can try he sent our music video or video at the time to that ship the ship said yep we want them and then we got booked and then from there it was like just uh unbelievable experiences that kept popping up simply because of that one what we think is because of that one um opportunity you know it just kept going, kept getting weirder, and our our, our story kept traveling <laughs> farther and farther. I, I I I love looking at all the coverage that those things get because it it does look like a blast. I've uh, tried to, I don't know, talk my wife into I don't know maxing out a credit card a couple times and going, but we haven't quite got there yet. You should totally do it. Okay, for <laughs> good sound financial <laughs> advice. Keep fighting uh, the good fight. <laughs> yeah, um, like a baller was uh, picked up for Monday Night Football last season. Uh, it was was it on every episode? I know it was the, the handful of games I saw it. I caught it every time. So yeah, it was it was every Monday night. Yeah, <laughs> and I know this because I don't. It was the, it was awesome. It was the one of the coolest ex, ex, uh, feelings and experiences that I think our fan has had, just in general, because. For instance, I don't watch Monday Night Football. I'm not even a big sports guy, but yeah, I would everybody <laughs> I know, you know, everybody I know uh, apparently does watch Monday Night Football. Everybody that I know that isn't like in a, you know, like that I that I went to school with or mm-hmm. my family that I haven't talked to in a long time or something like that, everyone uh, watches that essentially, I, I guess, because uh, I just kept getting every Monday text messages over and over and over again from people that I had no idea were even paying attention to my, you know, my career from like high school, middle school, family members. Like I said, like the best part about it is there wasn't really lyrics on this, uh, you know, that were you could hear uh, yeah. on the segment. So they heard the music and it doesn't say Wilson or anything like that on the screen that I knew of. I, every time I saw them, send me videos and say Wilson's like a baller or something. So they had heard the fucking song somewhere else and had to know that that was our band. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that, I thought I'd be like one of the few people that picked it up, you know, I mean, because yeah, I was like, holy fuck, that's you know, like yelling at my wife there during a Viking game or something. But um, yeah, it was pretty wild. Uh, how did that get how does that get lined up? I know there's a lot of different ways these things can happen, but does e- ESPN like uh, take song submissions or something or your management yeah. is working on it or? This dude, man, I, I still have, I sent him a couple hoodies and things like that, but this dude is a music supervisor, I guess, over there, and he just loved the song, and then it kind of, I think it kind of fell into his lap uh, uh, amongst some other songs or something. I don't really exactly know how this dude heard the song, but he loved the song, and he called up our managers and said, hey, I saw that you guys managed this band. 
I want to get this song on a couple of different because it was on. He also did a couple of different other sports like show music programming mm-hmm. stuff, you know, whatever. And uh, he had put it on there too on those those shows as well. And uh, he called him and was like, "Hey, we want to use this band song. Is it possible?" And we were like, "Yeah, fuck yeah!" So that's all. That's all I know of how it came about. And then I got his contact information and sent him letters and hoodies and stuff like that to say thank you because it, it was really cool. I uh, I got a feeling you're going to dodge this question, but what been doing my job? Any money in this? What's that? Was did you make any money off that? Yeah, I mean, a good I mean, good chunk not, of money. It's not hard to, no, I mean, no, I mean, not <laughs> anything that you would think that people that you would think that's the craziest part about the music industry is like there's there's so many other hands that are that are involved before it gets to our hands, ah. you know? It, because when you're you signed a record contract the record that you put out the masters are owned by somebody else that means there's a whole different royalty split based upon who owns because of the law of music and and how it's distributed and 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 translated out there uh there's a version of owning the masters and then there's a version of being having publishing uh which basically means that you you know are, are in control of how it gets put out there in different ways uh, and then there's the songwriting um portions to each each song individually because you'd like to think that there's five people in a band all five people wrote that song uh, equally and they're all you know part of this simple equation they all it's live not, in one house like the monkeys and yeah it's not all and, share and, a car and the, <laughs> exactly and at the end of the day uh you know um there's not a bunch of i mean that is seen by a bunch of people but it's not like they're rolling around in like boatloads of cash trying to you know to give to bands to have their music uh on the the program i mean they simply also have like a music uh, dude that works for the company that makes music uh, specifically for those programs that means the the music splits on like like i said on the publishing side of things across radio and movies and whatnot it, they're very low, and especially if you're not uh, in a situation where, like, you're the fucking theme song, or, you know, or some yeah. shit like that. It's it's it was enough to pay a month's worth of bills, um, but then moving on, there was no nothing else there. So are they are they sense. still using it? Do you know, or was that just one know. season? I think it was just that season. Okay. You know, th- know, this is kind of random. Like, well, if I get more money though, and I'll be like, "Hey, they're still using it." <laughs> <laughs> I'll dig into that for you. Um, this is really random. I just noted this. That's like a little scribble I got here. I, I out of nowhere, uh, people were talking about the Toadies album "Rubbernecking," and then I saw it on your Instagram feed. Uh, are you a fan of that record? My, my favorite record. Like my favorite band. My favorite record. Flat out, just to like the one hundred percent number one. Number one. Number one favorite band. Number yeah. one favorite record. Never had strong feelings about him one way or the other. Uh, I, there's a couple songs I really dig by him, but uh, just out Super of the blue, weird, like for the first time in my life, suddenly uh, Toadies fans are everywhere. It's weird because like it's these this like I'm in like that world as far as like <laughs> the weird Toadies fans, and like I don't know how it became my favorite record. I can't remember exactly like why are you more important at this time because during when that record came out i was in middle school i believe and i was listening to strictly pretty much just nirvana and like any other weird gothic shit like maryland that felt like maryland manson and then there was like limp biscuit and corn and all these other things but for some reason no matter what i still revert to some of those records today but there was a big chunk of time in my life that i just never really listened to stuff from that period of my life except for that 
fucking band and i don't know what it is i think it was one of those underdog things that like maybe that's maybe why people love wilson the way that they love wilson is it was one of those underdog things like here's this band that by all accounts is at that moment just as big as all of these other bands so you find out about it the way that you would find out about it and then moving on you know like they kind of get lost in the shuffle of what his alternative 90s rock but they keep making records in some way shape or form especially the singer todd and uh, for some reason i just had an affinity to to that and i i thought i was like championing this underdog type sort of band you know mm-hmm. uh and i always wanted to get married to or have my wife walk down the aisle to possum kingdom because it's a beautiful story uh, about love when, uh, when you really dig into it but uh, i also thought it'd be hilarious to have her walk down the aisle to do you want to die <laughs> do you want to die uh, <laughs> you know? oh, <laughs> people's faces <laughs> But it's about a vampire biting a woman, you know, a vampire and a, and a woman, did, you know, basically agreeing that they love each other and they want to spend the rest of their lives together. Well, he's a fucking vampire and she's a human. So what do you, how do you, how do you solve that? He's got a biter. And that's the whole fucking premise of the song is he can't live without her. She can't live without him. <laughs> I have never broken down the lyrics to that song as much yeah. as that. That is amazing. Yeah, I mean, the whole record is pretty much, uh, if you dig into it, and that's just the way that I am with the bands that I love, though, yeah. I'm sure you're the same. You just, I can co- uncover little little layers in every single one sure. of the songs. Yeah, I mean, I... <laughs> If you if you want, I can go into uh, um, I can go basically next level like Freudian on on almost any Kiss lyric. But there uh, you go. See, at uh, <laughs> <laughs> the basis of it, you're like, well, this is such a dumb love gun lyric. But yeah. like, well, there's a lot more into it. That's it's about his penis. Exactly that. You know, like I, uh, you know, Tasty Nasty is the record that essentially says you don't know one, you can't know what's good unless you know what's bad, and vice versa. It's the idea of you said Freudian, and that's a huge that's a, uh, a huge influence on me in general. Is it's the idea of our complete ego, not the negative term that people associate the word ego with, is, but we only make decisions based upon liking or hating, hmm. uh, and we make these grandiose decisions based upon those feelings. But we can't make any of those decisions of what we're going to do next in our lives without knowing what the other one feels like. So essentially it's yin and it's yang. And that's what, and the acid and all of that stuff, everything in that record, literally everything in that record from the, from the amount of time that's spaced out in between each song and the physical copy to this way that the track listings work to, to, to the art, to the, the beginning art photo shoots, everything means something. It all comes back to, a very similar theme um, that we left cookie breadcrumbs or in cookie crumbs for people to figure out if they want to, much like I did with all of my favorite bands. Now, now the album's been out for over a year. Um, my my gut feeling when I first heard it was that this was not <laughs> the right direction for the band. Um, sure. I thought you guys did a very good job with what everything you're doing. It's a polished, and, and the songs are well written and stuff like that. It was just such a sharp turn. That for, yeah. for you know for a band that's kind of on the rise you know you're trying to like you know get to get to the next level and 
But the the thing is that, that I'm just one guy with, with an opinion. I'm just being honest with you. You've yeah. had time to live with it and actually be there, touring and supporting this. Um, there had to be some negative reaction that, that you saw, but but for the most part, how did things go? Do you, do you look back? Are you happy with the album? Uh, the, the response? Uh, all the stuff? Yeah. Um, so the answer, the simple question is, uh, the simple answer to your question is, yeah. I'm very happy. I'm beyond myself happy. Do I do? I don't know what album two after this would have. Would have, I mean? Okay. We're obviously breaking up. I don't know what that the that where that success would have been or whatnot. Because usually it takes you know when a band. I looked at. We were going to change our name, dude. You know, like it was to that point. I think we it would have been, been easier for me as a fan. See, the, the problem is that like I, I can be a lot more critical when I don't care that much. But I really enjoy you guys, uh, not just as musicians and music because you're a great band. Um, and and the, the first two records are two of my favorite albums of all time. But I've got, I've had the opportunity to actually talk and meet with with all of you. And I almost had like a, a special affinity on a level that I never could have had on a band that I was already that big of a fan of. Um, yeah. So I think that's amazing, dude. I love I love hearing that. By the but, way, but but I think because of that, I have to be honest that like my opinion is very emotional. Yeah, totally, and and, and it should be, and yeah. that's and that's a conversation piece like uh, that I I. I th- felt isn't was necessary i think we all felt it was necessary in in our community of music um it, it, am i saying simply we made a record that was so different it kept our name wilson just to fucking piss people off yeah, a little <laughs> bit because <laughs> that's the honest truth the honest truth is fuck them you know but the but not in the bad way not in a way like it's like you know what, you don't like it go suck my dick this world no no it's dude you feel something and that polarizing feeling mm-hmm is all that matters <laughs> and so for us it, for me for the record for whatever it is where, where it's worth yeah it's succeeded in ways that i you know like i hate to say something like this out loud but like these are the things i stay up at night and dream about happening the conversations the polarizing moments mm-hmm. the fans feeling one way that uh, you know the old fans feeling one way and then more importantly the old fans that that felt that way finding a new way to feel as things move forward and becoming something different inside of themselves. Not to say that they were wrong or different, you know, than what they were before wasn't right, but we're just a band. Did you find something? Did you find a way to change your mind period on something? Uh, it doesn't matter if it's music. You can, you know, using my band is like, do you like, you know, it yeah. is bigger than us. It's, it's bigger than music. Uh, it's, it's about people and communication and finding a way to see perspective <laughs> differently because yeah. we're all different and um yeah so it succeeded in that way it succeed, also succeeded in, in selling more copies than any of our records did it also succeeded in streaming better than any of our records did it also succeeded in seeing people sing i mean i don't play any right to rise songs out there on tour and see anywhere near the amount of um sing-alongs and reaction that i do to that whole record to all of them every song that i play it is a more sing-songy record to be fair What's up? It's a more sing-songy record, to be fair. I mean, sure, of course. There's that. There's that aspect as well. But you know, I saw young and old, and I saw you know different walks of life all over the place in that in those audiences. Cool. You know, so yeah, I think it succeed for what we set it out to do. It succeeded. Yeah. 
Well, just despite my opinion, I think I'm old enough and hopefully mature enough that uh, I didn't feel betrayed. But uh, <laughs> I was, I was like, well, you know, I, I still paid attention to everything on social media. Saw the the photos from all the shows that were going on, that kind of stuff. So I, 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 I didn't get to catch you the couple. I think it came through Minneapolis here twice, and neither time was a, at a time that I could go to because I did plan on going. Because I'm like, well, there's still a killer live man. I got to go see what this looks like. You know? Yeah, it's a whole weird. It's a, yeah, that that's the that's the thing that hasn't changed about the band. You know that energy exists no matter what and on top of it it was you know if i can be honest with you, i think it was there was more of it yeah <laughs> uh, if that made any sense just because there was just more going on there's a different more to look at there's more world up there on that stage it's not just five hairy dudes throwing sweat in your face it's like i'll, I'll try hopefully if you're paying attention it's like whoa okay what's that all about what's happening over there you know, giving people a reason to leave the house when they go to see a show is not just about the fucking band. It's about the experience that you're having. Yeah, you guys have always been great at that. Because uh, um, I, mean, I have seen, believe it or not, I think about a half a dozen shows, and, and the fact oh, that yeah. I didn't have to drive that far to do any of it is amazing to me. Yeah, uh, you're, you're awesome, man. Oh, um, so the, the, let's get to it. The announcement came down a little while ago that Wilson's calling it a day. Um, the first, you know, I of course started listening to my Wilson records and going back and checking it out. Uh, but I also, once I knew that you and I were going to be talking, I listened to all the conversations we've had from the first time I talked to you. And going back to 2016, you said something along the lines, and um, and again, I'm not going to try to put words in your mouth, so you can correct me however you want to say it. But it was something in the line of like the success of the next next record. And that would be tasty nasty would determine pretty much whether the band continued or, or ceased to continue is it fair to say that tasty nasty didn't quite do what you'd hoped it would do and what i mean is that like you're breaking up yeah totally uh yeah i mean you know it's it's a strange feeling did did that you know like you could ask certain people right in inside of a band what they how they okay so at, a band has five people in it yeah. with five different versions of life with five <laughs> different things, five completely different atmospheres and worlds happening. You know, like they go home and do this, you know, they have these bills, they have this going on. They want these other aspirations in their lives to, to see the light of day. Now, if either, if the band was in a situation that it was, it was a, uh, financially viable for us to live fully and completely, like with a you know the idea of starting a family or you know being able to move away and still be able to you know to, to do the things that you want to do as a human you shouldn't have to be married to this again it comes back to this this isn't just you, one version of yourself you know like there's many versions of of everybody you go to work just like I go to work you go to home home just like I go to home and I have a life in each one of those places separately you know um, and I shouldn't have to bring my my work into my home and I don't want to bring my home into my work. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when you're in a space where, like, it's easier, it's harder to maintain that home life by when you go to work and things start to fall apart because of the financial aggravations, uh, you got to make a change. you got to be healthy, mentally healthy. And do I think the idea of the band, the, you know, succeeding on the second record i mean i think i had that conversation with you uh, or the third record i think i had that conversation with you mm-hmm. before um all of the other stuff happened to the band in general which would have been 
um, the darkness that I was talking about. Yeah. But uh, us coming above, we we did. Jason left the band, you know, after the, all of that darkness. It was you know after after all of that darkness and after we got through it all, he was like, dude, I I got to do something else with my life. And, but I'll finish making this record with you guys, and then you just have to find somebody that's going to fill in and play live. Live. I want to do this and that and this. This is before we even started to record that record. You We're know, talking Jason, tasty nasty. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So he quit the band right before uh, it was what tour was it? It was right before we did a or no sorry right after we did the breaking benjamin tour so and after that was a steel panther tour not just last tour but the tour um and on still on right to rise that yeah, we did i saw and you guys on was, that tour yeah he was already he had already quit the band so so we wow. you know so yeah 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 and uh, then we made the record together right that, that was the deal so over the course of a year and a half after that you know we did all of our other life things that everybody wants to to do and there's some people that were sour about jason wanting to leave but ultimately we all understood what the end goal was going to be here we're going to make this record and then after this record we'll see what happens you know but jason's not going to be in the band however we made that record and jason loved that record and what didn't want to not to be there uh and to see how everything kind of panned out to put his hard earn has hard-earned work uh, on the line like that and just turn turn away he had a different feeling cool. he was also going through a lot of other things in his life at the time too so jason came back to the band then uh after touring and all of the other things that have happened and a lot of ups and downs per- in personal people's lives people getting married um you know shit like that then you're in, you have to make a decision what do we do here okay well we're not going to carry on as wilson um, some other people want to do other things with their lives. So the people who want to carry on doing music, they will. And the people who don't, they will. And it won't be, it's not fair to call it Wilson. You know, that's, that's not what this is. So that makes any sense to you. Uh, it it no- does to me, but it doesn't make sense to, uh, oh God, I wish I had a quick example. <laughs> I was going to take a cheap shot at one of those bands that have like one guy. It doesn't make sense to Foreigner. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, what's the point? Like, do I mean, I get it. It's your, but that's a different. There's there's the difference there. Foreigner apparently has had in, makes enough money. Somebody in that band makes enough money from that job. Yeah, that no, I get you. That to give it up is going to be a massive blow to their financial their living. So they don't. So they find other ways to keep that money coming in. Because if they give up that up, then they're forced to what figure out a new pr- profession. So, if that makes any sense, that's no, it does totally. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kyle quit back in July. Was there any talk at that time that maybe the band should break up? Uh, I no, no, not at all. Uh, I mean, not that I was aware of, at least. Uh, when Kyle left the band in July, Kyle's doing this last show with us. By the way, I don't know if you knew that knew that or not, but uh, I did. But Kyle I was going to get in there. Go ahead. Oh yeah, yeah. So Kyle uh, left when Kyle left the band. It was. He said, hey, guys, I'll do this next tour with you, which was going to be the tour that we did most recently with Firestorm. I said the Firestorm tour with like a like a storm and through fire. Uh, and he's like, hey, guys, like uh, we uh, we're I got a job offer. <laughs> it goes back to this, you know, and it's kind of like one of those things where it's too good to pass up and I can't do both. I have to be here and I, okay. I don't want to fuck you guys. So I'm going to do this next tour with you if you want. But uh you know, I just want to be real with you. And uh, I said, dude, totally understand, man. No, And then we decided that there's no reason for you to do this tour and keep pushing you, your personal life further and further back. 
just go do what you need to do. We love you. And at that point, there was nothing to be said or done with our band. We were just going to go go forth, you know, the way it was. Was there any talk of getting a replacement? I know you went down as a four-piece. No. Not even, like, down the road if you kind of kept going or... Not to be an asshole, but he's, you know, like the guitar in general um, and having multiple players in 2020 that are, you know, like Kyle's a great player and a great dude and Jason's a great player and a great dude. And they can play together for forever if they'd like to. But why would I bring somebody into our business that you can simply find the fa- the place I don't want to bring another human being it's another space another mouth of, to eat feed that we're not already making money in and on top of that Jason can, is playing the parts so we'll just stereo his guitar okay. and uh, you know move forward like that and um, there was just it was not even a it was then you have to learn teach another guy the fucking parts and it's a whole new personality in your in your world and he's never going to be in the business so he's just a feeling guy so it seems like too much work you know I asked this question because if I had only saw your name and didn't have somebody say, you need to check this record out, there's a good chance I never would have discovered a band that uh, really offered some great music into my life. If you could do it all again, would you have picked a different name? Knowing what you know. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. You know, like, I think that... Uh... I think there was uh, there was just the audacity of it at first. Like it was so simple and dumb that like this dude got drunk, Jason got drunk at a party and was like, just put Wilson on the fucking flyer or whatever. <laughs> and then that's what happened. And then there was another show and then another show. Then they got to me and I booked them on a show. And I was like, you guys are really great. And then it turned into trying out for the band. And then it just it just moved the way that it did, never knowing where we were going to go. And at that time, people know the band name locally, right? And all you know is your own atmosphere. So you're around these people who know who you are. And you're like. we've been asked to you know a few times you said like i said we're going to change your band name for the last record but uh yeah it would have been a lot probably easier of a journey uh just to be more searchable (laughs) (laughs) this is probably on my mind because of the timing of your announcement and the other thing i'm about to mention and that was like right uh, it was just recently announced that motley crew is going to blow up their whole little we are never going to be play again to contract and they're going to come back out and make hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, it kind of irks me that people are so invested in a band that clearly is just a shell of themselves that they'd rather go spend hundreds of dollars on that than to discover some new band like a Wilson or, or a Crowbot or, or, I mean, I could go on red sun rising, yeah. Bobo flex, uh, glorious suns, that kind of stuff. Yeah. D- does that irk you at all? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Is Wilson a better band than Motley Crue right now? Is Wilson a, bi- a bigger band? Better. Than a better band than Motley yeah. Crue? I've never seen. I've never seen Motley Crue live. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they wrote some incredible songs, <laughs> uh, uh, and I and I love those records. You know, very, very, very deeply. Uh, could we go up on stage and 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 rip them a new asshole? If you were just to put four du- those dudes on stage and our dudes on stage with no pyro, no bullshit, anything like yeah. that, absolutely, no, no doubt in my mind. It's just the the age thing. It's just the hunger thing. You know, like nice. it's a whole different version of life. Well, right, they're a lot older, especially Mick. Uh, I I mean, mean, Kiss is out there trying to uh, pretend they got something that people should pay attention to, but that doesn't mean that they weren't ever a great band. They're just, I'm sorry, Chad, I I don't think they are right now. I I mean, dude, I don't know. I've never seen them live. I see the videos, but at the end of the day, these are fucking iconic 
massive, huge players. You know, but there's story too. The idea you you attach beautiful, you, you attach some massively dope songs like that with the 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 whole fucking like the shit show that the band was. It's the story makes everything bigger. Actually, I would use shit show to describe them now. (laughs) Yeah, you know. Yeah. You know, we're not going to get a blabbermouth headline unless you're going to go a little more hardcore on this, okay? (laughs) Listen, listen. Wilson is a better band than Motley Crue. Nice. There we go. Without the shits and gigs, there's some great players in there. But my players in this band uh, would, yes, toe for toe, be able to (laughs) out-rock But that's it's not just our band, you know. <laughs> oh, I know. There's, uh, give me two weeks with a few friends of mine. I think I could say that make the same Fuck, claim. You, but you could go up there. You, you could go up there right now, probably, and just uh, be like, "Check this out," you know. You know, <laughs> well, I bet you. I bet you, Tommy like can still day. pull it off. Who they can? Tommy. Are Tommy you? Lee, the drummer. I think he oh, can. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he's yeah, a monster yeah, still. He's a fucking beast. I mean. Even I think that if you ask any of those dudes, like where you know where kind of the bucks kind of stops, it's like, well, Tommy's an incredible drummer, (laughs) and he loves the drums. You know, that's another thing is when somebody loves their instrument that way. Yeah, it's undeniable. Fuck you, get out of my way. I love this fucking snare drum way more than you love this fucking snare drum. You know. (laughs) Drummers seem to have that mentality. Like they, it's almost like they don't even care what kind of music they're playing. They just want to hit hit drums with sticks. Yeah, dude, for real. I mean, I'm generalizing, <laughs> but yeah, unless you're like a prog guy, and then you're like, dude, listen, I love time signatures. Check this out. And then <laughs> you love like, drums and math. Like, yeah, you you find a few people who are into that sort of shit, and then that's it. That's yeah. all, all. That's all you care about, you know. So. Well, it seems like now the only way people find get, discover music is through a biopic. Have you thought about doing a Wilson biopic? Mm, not just yet. <laughs> I don't know, but that's a good idea. <laughs> now, how about this? You know how they always name them after a song like Bohemian Rhapsody or Rocket Man? Yeah. What's like, the Wilson song that you <laughs> dump truck? I was going to go with College <laughs> Gangbang. Oh, College Gangbang. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little passe for 2020, <laughs> but uh, Dump Truck isn't. And yeah. uh, kind of goes hand in hand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're still promoting the new record, so yeah. Oh, well, I think well, it's hilarious. Just the song about you know the thing, kind of <laughs> the way that that song got made. <laughs> like literally, the way that it got made is like shoe in the door, fucking Wilson style, all day long. It's just like full blast fuckery, as far as like, dude, this is hilarious, you know, like that sort of thing, and like just going for it and just saying the craziest shit and doing the craziest shit without. The you know without keeping the repercussions in mind that was a dump truck, so yeah, very cool. Um, well, let's talk about the final show. It's coming up. It, let, let me tell me if I got this right. It's in it's something called the I'm just not my neighborhood. You know what I mean? Crowfoot Complex in Pontiac, Pontiac Michigan. Did I got that right? Yeah, yeah. The uh, the the reason why it's a complex is the venue. The 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 building itself has multiple venues inside of it. But yeah, the the Crowfoot Ballroom is the main room there, and then there's the Pike Room, which is a smaller 250 cap room in there. Cool. Um, and so it's uh, you're going to be doing uh, basically the entire first record, one of the small rooms, and then uh, two shows where you're kind of mixing up the other two records. 
No. Um, so it's so essentially the day would go like this. Uh, it goes like this. Like we have this VIP pre-party thing for a bunch of um, ticket buyers that we've created a thing called the House of Fuckery at, and that'll be like a, a strolling uh, look. It's like a museum, like a strolling look at the life hmm, of, cool. of a band, you know, and our band through different photo sets, uh, utilizing artwork from our friends and family over the years that have helped build the band into what it's been and then uh the doors for the main show which is uh the ballroom show which will have us only performing songs from our records right to rise and tasty nasty uh and then after that show that night we will perform again in the smaller room uh for 250 people just doing uh full blast fuckery but front to back cool uh yeah <laughs> I, I really wish I could uh, just fly out just for that. Will you be live streaming or anything like that or filming it? or Working that out actually today, uh, trying to figure out a, 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 the right platform to get involved here to have uh, both shows able to be streamed and where we're going to host that. So They're sold out, right? Um, yeah, well, the yes. So we're completely sold out of the pre-party, the um, full bass fuckery show, and the and then the the actual ballroom, which holds eleven hundred people. There's, I think, today I saw there's two hundred tickets left, so it's getting close there. Any special surprises planned? Tons. Yeah, okay. of course. Wouldn't be a Wilson show without that. All right, fair enough. Um, I, I'll <laughs> definitely be kind of glued to Facebook that day, at least to the the full blast, uh, uh, the, the or the Wilson's House of Fuckery group is what. And that's what. Yeah, called. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll make sure that I have everything too, as far as like the, the streaming shit sorted out for everybody, so they have a uh, the information there and mailing lists and all of that that will sh- ship out, so people have a, an opportunity that yeah. or you might want to see it around the world. They have a they couldn't make it there there, but I looked at the ticket. Um, tickets today, and I was looking at some of the places that uh, people had purchased tickets from, and there's like people coming from like Norway and shit. Yeah, I, I, I've wild. seen a lot of comments on that group about people like making travel plans and taking a little vacation just to make sure they can be there. So yeah, you've definitely touched a lot of people, not just me. You know what I mean? Um, it's overwhelming, man. Yeah. Um, well, well, I guess what's that? What's that after this? And what's next for Chad Nicefield? Oh man, the world is an oyster. I don't know. I, I do. I'm making making music. I'll still be doing what I what I do. I don't know exactly what vessel that'll take the form of, but um, I I'm just giving all of my attention currently to so, this last um, this last bound of route of uh, Wilson stuff. So give it the due diligence that it d- deserves. That the fans and the people who have invested, like yourself, time in us, deserve to make it as great and uh, memorable as possible. And I, I, have, I have no doubt you're going to pull it off. I mean. Well, Thanks, man. Yeah, I, I've Thanks. never seen a bad show, uh, but uh, uh, maybe it's, there's been no talk about your your character in Detroiters getting his own spinoff, <laughs> Man in Elevator. Yeah, it's gonna be huge. But there's, yeah, uh, I'm glad you laughed no, at that one. I don't, I don't talk. I don't speak the whole entire uh, the whole entire season. It's gonna be great. <laughs> you just no, walk in. No ele- speaking rules. Just me starring. Just a silent, a silent, um, silent TV show. Well, it could be kind of like a, a bit where, like, you just awkwardly walk into elevators where something heated is going on, and then you just walk in, and then everybody gets quiet, and yeah, that's I mean, that's could, the show. It could be a, it could be a YouTube uh, a YouTube channel, <laughs> man in the elevator. 
Well, I, I'm sure I'll, I'll hear about whatever it is you're going to be doing. Um, I did want to say something very nice, so grab a box of Kleenex. Um, I'm ready. When I first got into doing this whole podcast thing, I was basically deciding, you know, kind of like what you're doing now. The band is, I mean, I, I pushed it for about 20 years, and, and my band never even got to the level you did. I was just like... You know, I, I got a wife, you know, I got children, I got I to gotta fucking deal with this shit, you know what I mean? So yeah. I used podcasts to kind of, to, to fill in that time, um, and you were one of my first interviews. I don't know if you're number one or not, I mean, uh, but you were definitely early, and I was wow. super nervous and unprepared. We shot the the, the, the the whole thing on video in a basement of the club you were playing in Minneapolis. Um, oh, yeah. And like, like I said, I didn't have the proper equipment to even do a proper interview. I had my little camera all set up, but like I didn't have anybody that could help me. So like I'm actually cut off like the, the, the video is off center. And so like you kind of see half of me on the side and you're like, you know, you know just inside the center line. Um, but there I was. And I just want to say thank you for not mocking me and. And being a kind of a doofus, and also for all the times you've you've, you've come back on, it's been uh, three more times since then. I have always enjoyed our chats. I, I think I made it clear. I absolutely have a ton of respect and admiration for your band and and and, and the work you've done. Even the, even when I didn't like it, I I just kind of stepped aside. This is my opinion. These are my thoughts. But my God, you guys have always been nice to me. I've had the opportunity to talk to you more than the other guys, but uh, you definitely come across as very genuine and passionate. I appreciate the fact that I've gotten to know you just a little bit. And you're always welcome back anytime. But as a fan for the music, I just wanted to say thanks. Oh, man, that means a lot to me, dude. Thank you very much for, for you know, and, and just I can't tell you how much that the support the belief, the nice words, all of the all of the different things, the awkward moments <laughs> have have meant to uh, to me, to us, to to to. To Wilson as, as the DNA man, it really does mean a lot. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for speaking with me. And if you ever come to Detroit, um, please don't hesitate. This is my cell phone. Don't hesitate to hit me up, and I'll I'll take care of you. Even if I'm not in town, I'll make Aww. sure that you have a good time. Well, I appreciate that, and I'll, I'll definitely hit you up on that. Uh, I was actually surprised because, like, I had your number in my phone from whatever a few years ago when we talked, and it was the same number. Uh, so, uh, awesome. yeah, no, uh, but yeah, and, and also give my best. Uh, I, I forgot you mentioned it, but I want to make sure people know that Kyle will be back and playing these shows with you guys. That's a pretty big thing, at least from my perspective. Yeah. Um, but give my best to Kyle, Jason, Pooey, and James. Um, and yeah, the, if you can get a ticket and you can get to Detroit, uh, I definitely would encourage anybody. And again, I, I can't thank you enough for the the music that has meant a lot to me. And you know, like I said, I I went back. Right to Rise is still one of the greatest records I've probably ever heard in my life. <laughs> I love that. Thanks, man. Dude. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. It means means the, uh, just means so much. All right. Thank well, Chad, uh, best of luck. Uh, keep us in the loop on what's going on. And yeah, like I said, come on anytime. And like you said before we started recording, that maybe just come on and we talk about like uh, our favorite, uh, I don't know, Harry Potter books or something. I don't know. I'm in, uh, I'm, yeah, what, I'm in, dude. Your favorite popsicles? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I always go for grape. Oh, my God. Good, call, good man. It, or you anything blue. <laughs> yeah, blue Popeyes. Yeah. All day. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, uh, thanks for your time. Uh, any last words? Anything you want to say? Uh, long live the fuckery.
day. <laughs> it's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.